0: Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Benchtown TV. I am Paul, and with me today are Kyle, Luke, and Dave. We're here talking The Witcher, Season 2, Episode 8, titled Family. It's the finale, the big one. Season complete, Geralt, seer and Yen all together. What are your guys' initial reactions of how Season 2 wrapped up?
1: All right, I'll go first. Let me jump in before Dave. Yeah, the rookie and- here yeah 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 i want my my version thoughts so uh the ending obviously the reveal at the end was pretty insane i've read that that was that happens a little bit later in the series but that was obviously quite crazy i was a little suspicious of her father during the voleth voleth i guess vision dream thing that she was in but nothing on this level so that was pretty crazy i love the ending shot of siri Geralt, and yen of like they're kind of like we're back now in this i guess we were never initially in this little threesome but it's kind of solidified that this is our squad which i really like um i don't love a lot of what they did i guess with the other witchers mm-hmm And that's obviously someone who has never read the books. They just feel like we were building up towards a lot in the beginning. And then they kind of got forgotten about a little bit as the season went on. And then they kind of just got thrown to the wolves a bit in this episode. But I think overall it was good. But when I take a step back and like really think about what happened this season, it feels like it was another like prologue season, almost similar to season one, how like a lot of things were happening and it was like, establishing a foundation i don't even know where i got this napkin from but establishing a foundation for like to set the series up but it feels like we kind of did that but part two so now it feels like we're again out of the prologue so maybe like the first season was the preface now this is the prologue that's <laughs> yeah. kind of how it feels
0: when you say it like that i mean the craziness of season one going all over the place it was almost setting the foundation for the setup yeah if that makes sense
1: yeah, with certain storylines. Some of them, ob- like obviously, the reveal of series dad is like, that's not prologue shit. That's like mm. developed story shit. But I just feel like overall with a lot of the events,
2: I think those were uh, really good points. And especially as someone who's read the books, I, I think it's still a very well done show. Um, once you get your mindset wrapped around the idea that this is just going to be totally different than the books, I think it opens your mind up to making this a, a, a great show. And yeah, I think my one trifle as well as yours, Kyle, was that uh the Witchers, the, the friendly Witchers at um Kyramoran were just kind of throwaway characters almost this season, it felt like, except for maybe Vesemir. But everyone else else really didn't have much of a purpose. And I'm hoping that they can still kind of redeem them in later seasons. We'll see. Um, but overall I thought this finale was incredible. Um, the reveal was amazing. Um, we didn't get that until like one of the later end books. So getting it here in season two, I thought was really a good place for it to go. Um, And just excited for season three. This was a much better season than season one to me. I thought this was more fleshed out. It just felt more like an actual TV show than what they were doing in the first season. So I'm ready to talk about it.
3: So I think I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. And Kyle, I think you nailed it, like especially about the witchers. One of my biggest complaints early on in this season Was that the thing I hated the most? Was just the fire magic, how they're treating all that, and then the um, Witchers, all the non-Geralt Witchers, and I said, except for Geralt and Vesemir, and I think Vesemir had a really bad episode. Like I think he was, he fell into everybody else now. Like he was emotional and he was being like childish when Geralt seems like the only adult Witcher in the room. But outside of that, and I brought this up when we were talking about episode seven. I usually hate the possession storylines. I thought they even wrapped that up pretty nicely with Siri and the the reveal of the monolith in the tree just fucking blew my mind. That was just that came out of nowhere. I loved it because it really made sense to start utilizing Siri's power and bring it all back to like the Istrid scenes in the earlier se- in the earlier part of the season. So they really nailed all that, and then just the end stuff, especially the last ten minutes, just felt Game of Thrones esque, and how they're jumping from all these important storylines and giving you a good season two ending point, and also a really intriguing starting point going forward, where all the political pieces seem to have a lot more depth now that we're sixteen episodes in. And you know, Dick Dijkstra, never will remember how to say his name. Seems like he's going to be a huge fun player to talk about, like what he's got going on going into next season. And we got the awesome reveal that I've been waiting for with um, Philippa being the owl that's been bouncing back and forth. We'll talk more about that too. But overall, I said it, I love this season. I think it was better than season one. I think it's like approaching the level of better than the books. If it's not already for myself personally, it's just such a great take on the Witcher and like having Siri her powers earlier than they did in the books makes for way better content. And we could possibly be like, jumping from universe to universe at some points just seems like it's leaning into the multiverse that's going on with like Marvel. Like this seems to be like the popular theme right now. And it, I I'll take it all. So, so far so good. This, this, this season was fantastic.
0: Yeah. I, I really liked it on the third watch through. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was a little shocked after the first watch. Cause I just didn't understand what I was seeing. I, I mean, I've said it every recording that we've done, you know, I, just separating the stories. I've actually enjoyed it a lot more going in on the second rewatch. Um, I think it's some things are doing, it's really cool. Other things are doing. I just hate, I don't really want to list all my gripes. I might do that at the end. If we don't, if I don't cover it, I started <laughs> to do it and then it was like kind of an essay and I was like, eh, it's a little negative. Let's just, let's just go with the flow and see where it takes us. So, um, the way we're going to cover this episode is like we've been doing. We're kind of going to go in character buckets and kind of location. Uh, we're going to start off real quick with the Sintra storyline with Francesca, Philivandrell, Dara, and Kahir, and Frangilla. We're going to cover that real quick. Then we're going to cover Siri Inner Dream Worlds. Then we're going to cover all of Caramorn, basically the meat of the episode. And then we'll go through those big boy conversations. At the end uh scene by scene
3: sounds like a plan
0: so starting off with the Sintra storyline uh we get phil evangel and francesca distraught over the death of their baby and we actually get dara telling them that he was sent by Dijkstra from redania obviously to spy on them he was told he was spying on nilfgaard but ends up using the elves information. So Dara basically points them in the direction of Verdania.
2: How open Francesca was to Dara's quote-unquote betrayal, it just shows you that she, like, if that was a human, obviously she would have just killed him right on the spot. Or, you know, if it, even if it was a human she would have trust, I think that would have just broken a lot of bonds between her and her, like, human relationships. But because it's an elf, we see her kind of just, she's like it's okay everything you did like you just did it to to survive so i don't blame you so i thought that was a a cool perspective to add on to francesca's already like die hard feelings for her elf people
3: i thought he was fucked i thought she was especially with how brutal she is later in the episode i thought it was it would have been a double win for me because one it would have been cool because i love francesca and think she's a badass and two clean up dara and get him out of my freaking story and then everything would have been good but whatever
1: isn't he like uh this is gonna sound wild this is a crazy adjective but it's the only one i can think of but isn't he like a fertile elf like isn't is he not young enough to have a child yeah, he probably Obviously is. He wouldn't bear the child but to give it he probably is he,
0: he looks like it and i think this show does a really poor job of explaining that because i mean we i've had to explain it multiple times to to a few of you and jimmy included so I think the job does a really poor job of explaining why elves are so, like, kind of distraught in the first place. We know they're on the run. We know their land's been taken, but, like, they're saying, rebuild. So,
1: yeah, they've literally leaned into, like, the whole, like, racism kind of the other thing where, like, they're oppressed because of that. And, but, yeah, I would agree that they haven't really. I don't even know if it's ever come up as like a real thing that they can't have kids potentially when Yen and Fringilla are with them early. But I I don't remember. I feel like all the knowledge I have on that is from you.
0: Uh, yeah. Again, I just wish they kind of explained that more. Dara, I would have kicked the hell out. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, you were a spy that got my daughter killed. Like she says, this isn't your doing. You were just like doing what you needed to do to survive. But she takes that energy, says, fuck that. We're gonna go into Rodania, even though there's a bunch of babies that didn't have anything to do with my baby's death. We're just gonna murder them all. Yeah, so like you there. see her, you see her putting signs on all the doors, all the houses. We don't know exactly what it was, if it was like your, your firstborn is killed, or only all the babies in Radania are killed. We don't really know what it was, but we do hear a bunch of crying babies. And we see Francesca, you know, say the line, uh, what has been need not always be. She just lowers her hands. All the babies stop crying. Mm-hmm. And then all the mothers start yelling.
1: That was really good. I thought that was really well done.
3: That was like insane. And I can't even imagine what the repercussions are. Like, do you think King Visimir is going to, one, no, I guess because Jixra is going to find out somehow that Dar is no longer. <laughs> he, already, he already has that by information by the end of the episode. But do you think that's going to affect Redania in a meaningful way, or is it just going to, is that just meant to build up Francesca and her vindictiveness? And that's going to kind of just set the playing field of what she's going to be going forward, because I don't know how important Redania really is outside of just having Visimir and Jikstra being representatives of that country.
0: While I like this scene in it, like isolated by itself. Like I thought it was cool. Like you guys were saying, I don't like it at all for the story because exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I could see all this happening and King Vismir is like, ha who cares? Like, I don't give a shit about my people. Like it wasn't me. I'm not the one personally affected. Like it's all it is in my eyes is creating a bigger rift between the elves and the humans. Any of the humans that might have any like, I don't want to say respect, but you know, treat elves equal to humans. That's probably out the window because the queen of the elves literally just went around murdering babies. And I get that she's insane. She, like she, her brother, I believe it's her brother. Like one of the higher generals, I guess you can call him, comes up and says, are you sure this is like the right thing to do? I know what you've been through.
3: He was um, a random, so, right? We didn't know him.
0: Uh, his uh, brother. He, I think
2: he was, he was in the
0: episodes. Him. Yeah. In episode uh, one and two, I believe okay. um, they kind of talk to each other, Francesca. And I think his name was Bruges they have a short conversation before they actually go in to see the deathless mother. So he's kind of been around, but again, I think he's, I think he's made up.
2: And I think there Um, you go. I think that'll be the voice of reason for Francesca. Like, I think if anyone's, if they do go the route of trying to patch up human and elven relationship, then he would be the person it seems like, because he's saying what you were saying, Paul, just these babies had nothing to do with it. Like this isn't, gonna help you at all like this is just pointless and so i think he'll be a good voice of reason going forward
3: but angry francesca is fun francesca
2: yeah that was a really awesome scene she was really cool yeah i just i think it was the dumbest
0: decision in the world to do that i think it's taints her character almost and going forward and it's just gonna like cause more problems Definitely was insane just to see how powerful she was though.
1: Yeah. When you say that it's dumb, do you mean like it's a dumb writing choice or it's just like Francesca as a character in the show, it's stupid for her to do that.
0: Both. Because when I say the first one writing choice, I mean like I kind of had a Francesca in my head and now I don't think it's going to get there. I think it's going to be a different person. And I mean, that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, But also, I mean, in the show, I, The literal in the show seems like a
1: very believable decision,
0: but all she says is retribution. Is like she says, like, "Why are we doing this?" I think Dara comes up, and again, it's like, "Why is Dara a spy now?" One of your higher ups automatically felt weird, but it also felt strange because they were trying to say, like, "Are you sure this is going to happen?" And Philevandral was like, "No, further steps are going to be taken without retribution." So I guess, I guess, the way they see it, you know, one elf baby, like the first one in. Lord knows how long is equal to like a hundred human babies, a thousand human babies.
1: Dude, they're going to kill so many more. in <laughs> three, I would say they're going to kill so many more. They don't care at this point. They had the only, they had no hope forever. Got a glimmer of hope, got it ripped away from them. They don't care about anything anymore. Is the vibe that I'm getting.
0: And it's also the other thing that rubbed me the wrong way about it is all they're going off of right now is Dara is Dara ratting and and snitching on Dijkstra? It, that's the only reason they're kind of going towards Redania right now, which is, I was like, before you make any rash moves, maybe maybe get some confirmation. Mm-hmm. But I digress. A bunch of babies dead. Elves are on the prowl now. They're not in central. They're not with Nilfgaard, it seems, at all. Because speaking of, we get to Fringilla and Kahir. They're in the throne room prepping for Emperor Amir to come. And Fringilla breaks the news saying some elves left including Francesca and Evangel. So our scouts said they were riding north towards Verdania on stolen horses, um, basically all because of the child. and even Frangilla says all fingers point towards Verdania. So you know, I can't I can't blame Francesca too much for just assuming it, I guess. Um, Kahir takes this weirdly well, and I didn't know what was kind of his deal in the beginning. And he's like, hey, don't worry you wanted Francesca here to show Amir that you were a valuable leader and asset, right? Well, you can still do that. Just when he arrives, say, Hey, I was the one that killed the Elven baby because now they're taking out our enemies for us and they don't even suspect us.
2: I thought that was well done. I mean, I thought here, I mean, just coming off of almost being killed and like, how much of a bitch uh, Frangilla was to him? Like this is just like a rub in your face. Like okay, like I think he's just playing this the part of uh, this is like what you wanted basically. Like haha, like even if you didn't want the baby dead, like the baby's dead now, and you can take y- you can just accept it and move up in the ranks like you wanted. So I like the the angle that he's coming from here. I think it's more of like a rub in your face kind of thing.
3: So did you guys initially think like right away that she didn't do it? i thought i didn't believe it did you think kahir had anything to do or you just totally thought it was going to be a third party
1: i I mean i fell into the hole it was redania
3: okay because i I didn't know either i I, my note is literally i can't tell if she did it or not but i i was leaning not because of how her facial acting was going on and she seemed a little bit surprised but then her words were like kind of just accepting of it which was fine it worked out and i thought that part was all written well with the end reveal being it was neither of them that was Yeah. yeah
0: I thought it was Kahir. Like during this conversation, I thought it was Kahir that did it. And was like, oh, I'll give you credit. Don't worry.
3: Yeah. I was waiting for
1: Yeah. I thought Kahir, I guess jumping off of Dave's point, it just seemed more like a, like he was thinking very tactically, like a military commander in the sense of like, this is the situation now. So we need to, to build off of what it is now, instead of, you know, being upset about how it happened and what happened. Like, this is just the obvious next step. It this, this of- just continues kind of the roller coaster from Jilla's character of where she's like, you know, I wouldn't do that because Francesca was my friend. But then we see her like fuck around and do insane shit on the other side of the coin. So it's like, okay. She just like hasn't figured herself out either. Yeah. She's trying to like get all this power and like have all this influence to like control world events, but she can't even control like what's inside of her own heart and her head.
2: Preach. you Preach <laughs> cow.
0: I really like this scene for Amir I'm not I'm sorry not Amir cut uh, here I think he was really smart in his quick thinking um and it, he just really it was it was a leader move to do that just you know hey we have a problem now it's gonna i'm gonna make it look like we are great but that was it for all the setup besides the meat of the story we are going to cover siri in the dream world real quick before we get to actual care more pretty much uh it's a lot of screen time for not a lot of actual information
2: it would would mean more if they were memories but they're not it's just a a fake a false scenario so none of what happens or any of the information we get like can be is real
0: this is actually the opening scene siri wakes up in her childhood bed she's in a dress mouse comes in she doesn't really know what's going on um it seems she seems like she thinks she's dreaming but even mouse is like kind of tricking her a little bit like you're fine ballroom let's go right now your mother's gonna be pissed
2: that was the so, only thing i would shout out is the fact how well the dreamscape made her feel like it was real and how like their reactions like even when she wasn't looking You know, they were still confused at why she was acting this way. Like they felt real. So I'll just give a shout out to that.
3: But on the opposite side of the coin, I also appreciate the line, at least initially, from Siri waking up and having enough exposure around Geralt and all these weird things and being with Triss in the dream sequence thing earlier this season. She kind of knows it's not real. And she's going back and forth between knowing it's not real. Now she's like, the fuck is going on? And then it, I think mm. it hits the title sequence. So I, yeah. I get that. I like it's not tropey where she's just going to be falling into this vision and hypnotized and be, oh, my God, mouse Moussack. So I, I like yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Even when uh, she says, what the fuck's going on? mouse Moussack claps back with like, oh, watch your mouth. Mm-hmm. Like m- even tricking her more and more yeah. up until like he says, hey, your mother's going to be pissed. And she says, oh, my God, my mother's alive. That's like the, the crazy part. So she goes to the ballroom, ballroom's popping. Uh Calanthe is there. Um, she sits down next to her. She's like finishing her sentences because she's so happy to be home. Usually she's she was this like kind of annoying brat who didn't want to do any of her responsibilities. But here she's gladly dancing with these uh Martin. Yeah, Martin, the chump. I guess they're sons of Sears. these other houses. Yeah. Sears. So it's like saying, Oh my god. I'm so happy that I don't even care if this is a dream.
2: Her, uh, Calanthe and Malseback are just like questioning her odd behavior. So, I, first of all, I love that
3: the actors were willing to come in for just one episode. I thought they mm-hmm. were gonna, because earlier in the Triss vision quest sequence with Siri, mm-hmm. they have Calanthe speak, but they don't show her face. And I yes, thought Svacher. that was gonna yeah. be just because, you know, we don't, we can't get the actor to come do this. But then she's in this. Episode, which was such a good surprise for me because I think that actor is like a scene stealer. I think she's awesome and like powerful when she's on screen. And then Mausack was just nice to see, but I'm just just awesome that the people like Witcher enough to come back for like one scene for the whole se- uh, second season.
0: Yeah, I was definitely on that boat. Yeah. I thought when they showed her, I think it was like episode five with the Triss, exactly mm-hmm. what you said. Um, and then it shocks me. She just pops up here. They get done dancing. Mausack is... Saying something like, "Hey, if you if you did fuck him, you you get a great bloodline going." She was like, <laughs> I, "I was agree. I was like, like, 'Malsak, that's a really fucking weird thing to say.'" Um, she asked more about her bloodline. Malsak's kind of avoiding it, and then he finally distracts her with, "Well, look over there. There's your parents." That's pretty much <laughs> what it was. And in comes Dooney and Pavetta, and they have a sh- short little conversation, like. We've been here the whole time, always loving you. You're a special girl. And this is when shit kind of hits the fan. I mean, she already turns around and sees sex kind of a doppelganger from season one. She's hearing, like, you know, a Geralt voice kind of yelling. So we're going to come back to this right after we cover the rest of the Kara Martin storyline. Did you guys have any thoughts on series dreams?
2: Absolutely no comment from me. Yeah, I think we. Pretty good. No, yeah,
1: right. Honestly, like you said, I just really like mouse Act's actor.
3: hmm
0: hmm You like his hair bun, your his man bun.
1: I literally took the words straight out of my mouth. That's exactly <laughs> what the next thing I was going to say was. Reminds me of Logan
3: a little bit.
2: A little Whatever, chunky, a, little, a
3: chunkier Logan version.
1: Looks a little dirtier though. This guy looks a lot cleaner, but I yeah. guess because he's <laughs> not out there fighting armies.
2: I will also say, I also just really enjoy seeing Siri happy. I think it's been a very long time since we've seen her like smiling like that. So I can understand also why she would want to stay, even though she knew it was a dream. I could still understand why she would want to stay.
1: Yeah. I think yeah. it's easy to forget how young she is.
0: We all, all have dreams where we wake up and we're like, fuck, why'd you wake me up? I was having a good dream. Mm-hmm. So jumping to Caramorn, uh that real world Siri. We first get her kind of walk in the halls. I've
2: been I've been we, calling her uh, monster Siri MC, MC,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, deathless mother possessed Siri is pretty much of a mouthful. So, um, Monster Siri is walking around. She ends up going to the trophy room and grabbing the knife that Vesemir told her about in episode two. It was when all the salutes were there, and she just kind of like was roaming the halls. It was cool that he actually did bring up on the rewatch in episode two, you know, uh, this witcher was the first witcher that died by a demon who we locked away in the woods and she killed ah, him with this knife.
3: Nice. I did not catch that. That is really the, cool. Yeah. The knife
1: was in the dream too. Was it not in the palace in, she walks past it. I think in her dream as well, right around the same time when she grabs it in care more. Hmm. Good. Catch. I gotcha.
0: Oh uh, yeah. I will have to go back and see that, but That's cool. That's shit. I I think this knife, it was cool that when she actually saw it, her like face series, MC's face just kind of like lit up a little bit. Like she was like, oh my God, I thought I lost that. So she proceeds to go around Garamorn and slit a bunch of throats. Um, What did you guys think about this?
3: Savage. I did not expect this at all. Holy shit. The witchers are so they just are such fodder
1: right that was the first thing especially with the way that she kills the first guy Mm -hmm. she kind of almost like overpowers him and slits his throat like less so with the second guy which she just kind of stabs in the heart while he's sleeping it's kind of hard to to do much about that but yeah i was just kind of the biggest thing i got from it more so than oh shit siri was just that these dudes are kind of weak
2: i was really worried the first one was cohen I was gonna like freak a leak <laughs> that they just killed off one of the main like witchers of the fodder, I guess you could call it. But I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was savage at the end of the day. Um really cool. Just
0: best of the best was, of the fodder.
2: I just really in this moment I was just like, I really hope Siri doesn't remember all this because if she learned that she did all this, like just how heartless she was here this would just send her over the edge so i was really worried about that but i then i thought like she's so in her dream state she literally probably has no recollection of doing this
3: well the good news about them killing so many of these witchers is that they can't be in the next season so i'm hoping <laughs> that the writers you know learn a little bit and step the fuck away from care morn because this is turning into every time we're at care morn it feels like it's my least favorite scenes of the season yeah. just cuz they just- they're just so forgettable and weak and the opposite of what their lore is in the books of just miniature versions of Geralt. like Geralt is the epitome and he is like the goat but everybody else should be very fucking competent
2: were they just not wearing their medallions at night or what would they do with them
0: yeah see that was one of the dumbest things in the world was they weren't wearing their medallions it was literally on the bedside table right next to them and no reason they shouldn't be wearing them because it would alert them if something happens while they're sleeping that's the the big use of it and that was kind of my other thing i think the medallions would have been vibrating off the chain with you know one of the original demons walking around the halls i don't don't know if it was masked by being in siri but it goes off a lot of times for whether it be monsters or magic. So I don't know exactly why they weren't freaking
2: out right here. Okay. So I'm going to say two things to that. One, As you were talking, this is just kind of what came to my mind. So one is that they, maybe they don't sleep with them specifically at cair just because maybe I'm just defending it. This might be a stupid defense. Devil's advocate. Yeah. You. I'm just devil's advocate, but Maybe it's just because they f- they feel safe here. Like, Hyramorin's not the easiest place to find and locate. So maybe in that sense, they feel safe. But I also agree it's pretty stupid. But also, even when Geralt found Monster Ciri, his medallion, it didn't look like it was vibrating that much, like as much as it normally does. And again, I don't know if that's because what you were saying, with because maybe it was a combination of Sir- like Ciri's body with the soul of the, the Deathless Mother there. Maybe that's why they weren't going off, but still agree they should still probably have them on at night.
3: Yeah, they've never really clarified too much on the rules of the medallion, so I don't really have any comments. Doesn't seem too consistent, though. Uh,
0: Yeah, see, that's the thing is consistency again. Like when Eskel in episode two, when he turned into a full leshy Mm -hmm. in the uh, other room, all of their medallions, including the ones on the tree, started freaking out. So I know there was shit flying back and forth through the air, but They didn't really show any of the medallions vibrating at all, or at least that I could see. And I was just a little upset with that.
1: Yeah, that was honestly one of the cooler like, little magic things that I feel like was introduced this season. I don't remember it being a thing in season one. So that is kind of disappointing.
0: Dude, that's the best when you're reading the books and it's like, it's in the middle of a thought and he's like, all of a sudden, his medallion started vibrating. And I was like, oh,
3: let's go. Yeah, shit's about to
2: go down.
0: Yeah, we're going to get some killing. So, Siri gets around. She ends up killing a bunch. I'm not exactly sure. Then I thought
2: it was only. I thought it was only two. but it was only those I two. And that's. I think she
0: kills three people. They show that. at least three, and then they kind of go on to say a few more names. I believe it was just those three that they showed. I don't know if it was any more. But what she ends up going to Vesemir's room is going to kill him, and Geralt and Yen just ride up. So they obviously couldn't teleport. From the Deathless Mother Forest. So they ride on their horses to Caramorn and they get there just in time. They get there while the Monster Siri is about to stab Vesemir and Geralt figures it out pretty quick.
3: Love you know, that.
0: Monster, yeah. Monster Siri tries to say, you know, she pulls the young girl voice, like hides the the veins growing in her face and says, like, oh, like I saw an old woman in a robe like running around, saw it come out of the one witch's room. Um girl's like, well, how'd you get out of it? <laughs> and she was like, well, oh shit. Well, I screamed, didn't wake anybody or damage anything. And <laughs> I think what was confirmed, I don't know exactly what it was, but I think he goes up to Siri. There's like a cut on her cheek. And I think he like feels it. And because blood didn't come off or something like that, or I, I don't know if I'm just making that up. Or if he was just checking, but after he does the little cut on the cheek thing, he's that like, could, "What do you that want?" That could be
3: right because she she gets stabbed by Vesemir later in this episode and instantly heals and doesn't bleed. So that could be right. Is that
2: the thing, that, or was he looking for a wound mark from like taking all the damage from the obstacle course and then noticed that it wasn't there?
1: I don't oh. think that that was her blood.
2: Was there uh, a wound? I don't when know.
1: She, when would she unless she cut cut herself with the, her own knife in the face in the cheek? I don't.
0: Well, no, that could she be just well, it also could be Dave, what you were saying, not the obstacle, of course, but uh, the, the episode prior, we get Geralt saving her while she's fighting the Sintran soldiers outside the gates, and they did kind of put on a scuffle. Maybe she cut her cheek there or something, and but was Geralt, it
1: there when she was killing the other witchers? I didn't notice it.
0: No, nah, see, that's the thing, you know, I didn't really get that. Mm. Um, I, I tried
1: looking it, was, it up, but I thought it was that yeah, you know, she had blood
2: on her face. Mm. I didn't even notice there was blood. I just thought he was just like that wasn't her Literally, just him feeling her face, be like, eh, is this Siri kind of thing? But I <laughs> all right, well,
3: Anyways. who cares? Either way, though, this led to something I was I can't believe the missed opportunity at this at this spot because once Monster Siri has it figured out, she instantly tries to kill Geralt and like slices like his face. I thought that was gonna give him the infamous scar that he has in all the Witcher games in the cover where he has the eye cut because oh. that would have been perfect I I was begging for that to be a thing but I think it was just a cut that was similar spot because isn't it right down his eye too. like Zorro
0: mm, yeah that's that's a funny thought I never got that I, uh, I I don't know if he gets that in a game or if he's always had that but yeah it's like the iconic scar that would have been yeah. a really cool exactly. story really behind cool. it it's like the Nick Fury I think um, I was kind of pissed that she hit him, though, if I'm honest. I'm like, come on, Garrett, you're a witcher. You can't... And you know she's like, something's wrong with her. You can't dodge or block out of the way. But he See, didn't have any a weakness.
1: Look. That's a true.
0: Tonight. He's freaking out. Um, Yeah, he's, his thoughts are probably, holy shit, somebody's possessed, Siri, not... She's going to punch me in the face. So you're right there. But yeah, exactly. She kind of runs away, and now everybody's up in arms. Uh, they show vesemir going to all of the other witches rooms and seeing dead bodies and then he then he's like pretty much had it he's like all right let's fucking go get all the elixirs you can we don't know what else she can do
3: that was hype they all mm-hmm. start popping them and you see vesemir look all badass
0: yeah uh lambert had a line here where he's like i can't believe siri did this killed a brothers in our own home and cohen Who seems to be the voice of reason in The Witchers besides Carol is like, that wasn't Siri. Like, whoever that was, wasn't Siri. I just hate Cohen in the show. Yeah, I'm sorry. I hate Lambert. I love, I like Cohen in the show. He's, Mm -hmm. He's good. We also, this is where we got the opening title sequence. I did want to mention that just because
2: it was really cool.
3: It was the coolest one by far. Yeah,
1: by far the best one. That
3: was like an image. It's just multiverse. Like that's pretty, that pretty much con- what it is.
2: I got that as the conjunction. Like that
3: was. Yeah, yeah, it yes.
2: yeah.
1: A, yeah. I'd, yeah Going I'd, back to my theory from episode one or two, where we're gonna get a second conjunction. What?
0: It was pretty good. It. Was, it I didn't say anything because I I think I had did see the finale at the time so.
1: We'll see what happens because even if it doesn't happen in the books, it seems like there's a chance that it could still happen in the show because oh hell yeah they're not following the books very closely so
0: mm-hmm. animation of the spheres colliding and then coming back together. I don't know if that was supposed to be the tree, the Witcher tree, because when all the fragments do come back together, they form a tree. I don't know if it was that Witcher tree in particular. It would be cool if it was, and it would be cool if we get some mm-hmm. informations in uh, Witcher blood origins whenever that show's coming out true, that, that would be really cool.
1: I have a terminal wheel of time brain. I was just thinking that was just like a vendasaur, like the tree of life
0: <laughs> could be. Maybe it's a crossover episode. They're not following the book. So fuck it. The spheres, oh, yeah. like the one yeah. sphere could be the wheel of time. <laughs> It'd be no quite
1: words. the conjunction. No, I'm just thinking, I feel like everyone in the witcher would probably die.
3: <laughs> yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> no offense, Paul. No, I mean these witches are bitches. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> these witches are bitches. Man. <laughs> and Paul's English identity
3: right is tied to the witcher and Kyle's <laughs> is the wheel time, so no offense, Paul. <laughs>
0: yeah, look Pretty right much. There. See yeah. Right there? yeah. Um where were we? So uh Vesemir's taking the elixir, and again, I like how they just don't shy away from showing the transformation from you know human or oh. witcher to like black eyes and pale skin i like that they do kind of watch it happen because it does make it cooler um it happens here with vesemir it happens later with lambert we get a quick conversation with Geralt and vesemir Geralt's trying to tell vesemir the battle isn't with siri like come on you know this fucking vesemir brings up when you killed ascalate broke me but you but you were right it had to be done same as now siri has to be eliminated
3: Demoted Vasimir in my head like a whole tier of character, basically from this one conversation. I was like, "You suck now." Yeah, he's kind of a sucker. This whole episode. It doesn't make sense. He and he does the full turnaround after the fight when, like, I don't know. Wolf, I'm sorry. Yeah, should have listened to you. Yeah,
1: it's like, okay, bro, you literally stabbed her. We all saw it. (laughs) And you tried to almost kill Carol. Like we saw you swinging that sword at him. Oh, we'll get to that.
3: That was that was a badass moment in. Like caused by shitty writing. When he like, yeah,
0: we'll get. Yeah, amazing Gerald moment. Vessamir is garbage to me now. I mean, yep. I don't know. It's not even the actor; it's just the writing behind his actions. Um. So I hope we're not shitting on. Yeah, I hope we're not (laughs) shitting on it too much because we do like it. Well, honestly, Um,
1: we're not even like we're. We got to get to the good parts. The good parts is the end.
0: Yeah. Right. So, again. Vesemir kind of goes with Geralt a little bit. He's not fully on board, but he's like, "All right, I'll help you out because Geralt says I need you line." Yen comes up. Geralt walks right by Yen, doesn't pay her any attention, still kind of pissed at her given their silent treatment. Like uh, the boss. Yeah, Yen's like, "Fuck, I got to do something." So she goes to Yask's room. She's like, "Wake up." And he's snoozing, you know, he's he's got the post-drunk nappies. And he's like, Dude, the last time I woke up and you were at the end of the bed, you grabbed my balls and blew up the building. So <laughs> I'm gonna go back to bed. <laughs>
1: oh my God.
0: I loved that. Um, because I actually watched an interview with Joey and Anya, and that scene where she like grabs him by the dick and he's like, she's like, sing for me. And he starts singing, toss a coin to your penis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um <laughs> That was completely ad-libbed. That oh, was just Yaskier and Anya just doing their own thing. grabbed his
1: junk off script.
0: Maybe they talked about it like in the <laughs> moment before it happened.
1: That would be crazy.
0: But she, they, I, mean, I would have been grown. just on double. That would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, can you sing like Yaskier? She could have tested out her uh, her touch, her grip
3: strength on me. God, this is where our fucking review comes from.
0: <laughs>
3: what? She's hot. <laughs>
0: a bit of a bit of a is this when Jasker. they go right to the lab and
3: she starts yeah. working on a cure and she, she i actually don't even remember what the real purpose of that item that she gives to yasker to give to to Geralt ends up being it's like the thing she, they mentioned like balance
0: jasper yeah energy
3: what, power, what did that end up being
0: balance. nothing
3: okay so that's goes, what i thought it
0: was, I, I think I it was hated. like a, a
1: way to right wrongs was something they were talking about
0: Geralt looks at it at the end and he's like oh that's it like the Jasper itself isn't actually used.
3: Okay. So yeah, I didn't like that part. Cause it felt like that was Yen's whole purpose throughout this scene was, I mean, she was cooking shit up and she had the cool line. I'm gonna do what witches do best. I'm gonna make a potion or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, which she doesn't use. Which she doesn't use. So like that whole scene to me <laughs> was just, it was only good because the, the actors are awesome, but like the content yeah. didn't make much. Yeah, that, whatever.
2: This was like my personal only sh- trifle with the episode was just the fact that that Jasper i just don't know what it does still. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah.
3: Whatever just skip it. We'll get
0: there, yeah. Basically it gives Yaskier purpose as Yaskier. Now you have to go run into the room where all the action's happening. So we cut to Monster Siri. She is at the main hall, you know, with the witcher tree and the medallions. It's funny Geralt's the one that finds her, but as soon as he does all the other ones kind of rush in. We did get the really cool scene of all the witches kind of going around drinking the elixirs, grabbing mm. grabbing their swords. And we see Cohen like open a door and only one eye is black because like his scarred eye doesn't affect, doesn't mm. get affected by the elixir anymore. Mm. So that was really cool. But yes, they all rush in. Geralt deduces really quickly. She wasn't trying to escape. So what is her motive now? They go through the whole conversation give me siri back you know that's not how it works uh it's not a matter of it's not a matter of price it's a matter of cost which i don't understand the difference between those if i'm honest (laughs)
1: that comes down to the way i took it the second time is the first time i was like what the fuck does that mean but it seems more like it's not up to her it's up to him
0: okay Gotcha.
1: Like price would be that she would set the conditions while cost. It's what's costing him. So it's what he's willing to give up versus what she's willing to take from him.
0: Gotcha. Thank you. Because even after three times, I was like, Sarah, you're not making sense here. (laughs) But eventually they get the make your ask line. Carol says, hey, I will be your vessel. Leave her alone. She's like, that would be fun. (laughs) But no. (laughs) this is where Gaskier runs in yelling. He's like, hey, Carol. (laughs) And he's like, oh, um, you guys are busy. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's just like, like, he thinks about it. He's like, yeah, no, never mind. He walks away.
2: again. Pure comedy relief this episode. He had maybe like six lines and they were all like either interrupted or completely nuanced, like just unnecessary to anyone else in the room. So Mm -hmm. great. Great. Gaskier is always a good. Good person for that,
0: hell yeah! But this is actually where shit starts to hit the fan because after the Witchers get interrupted by Yaskir, they turn around and unsheat their swords. This causes Monster Siri to scream at the Witcher Tree for the first time, and the tree cracks open and reveals the mini monolith or stellite. Maybe it's not a monolith, but it is stellite. Even Vesemir was like, "What the fuck?" Because that's yeah, what we. Yeah, that
3: was great. That's
0: what we were all thinking.
3: That was such a good plot twist. I, like, I like it wasn't hit. guessable, of course, but it was. It's so cool. If you're gonna lean into the monoliths, like, really lean into them, this is the way to do it. It makes more and Way special. It makes the tree just like more epic. I just thought it was. It was. It was perfect.
2: I think this one is definitely going to be more important than maybe like said other ones because if it, there's a reason it's at Carimor and there's a reason that the tree was. Pr- Quote, maybe quote unquote protecting it. So, interested to see how they tackle this monolith, especially since the monoliths, again, aren't book material. So, I'm just, I'm excited to see how they do it. I, yet at the same time, a little fearful if they steer a little too far off, you know? That still
1: blows my mind that these aren't from the books. I know. Yeah, it's
0: crazy. Uh, <laughs> I think that Blood Origin will actually have a lot to do with this monolith probably just because they were the first witchers they probably planted the tree that grew around it or something along those lines um but really quickly if you paused it when they first reveal it there is like glyphs and carvings in the top of it so it was touched by some type of intelligence mm-hmm. like it, it i assume it was used for magical powers before
3: dude
1: they're the just monolith
3: yeah yes. there's basically just pony glyphs i just can't get that out of my head especially <laughs> when i saw it right there i was like roger was here man he was fucking uh-huh. right in there i <laughs> <That> was being
2: gratings <laughs> on the top of it. it was just roger was here
0: honestly that could be it It'd be like hey first witchers
3: yo man uh, the multiverse is open one of those spheres could be the one piece sphere mm.
0: <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> just luffy as a witcher which stretch oh my witcher.
3: god <laughs>
0: yeah everyone but- in the Witcher well would die again uh, yes, again. Sorry, everyone bro. in the Witcher world is bitches. <laughs>
1: yeah, sorry, Paul. <bro.
0: laughs> Harold will last a little bit and then die. Oh. But uh, you don't get a quick, uh, you don't get too long of a look, I, I should say, of the monolith because Siri Monster seer just obliterates it. She cracks it into a million shards with a scream and then throws all the shards at the Witchers.
2: And cue the, cue the really badass part of this episode. Yep,
0: this was all cool. All the Witchers were pulling out the the Ken or Quen sign, Q-U-E-N, and that's basically just a shield. They've used it once or twice. Um, It was really cool. Like You can see slow motion, like Henry Cavill hitting his chest and then getting the shield out there just in time to block all the
2: fragments. The very first guy does not. Whoever the first one was closest to Siri just gets wrecked.
0: Yeah, it doesn't get it up in time. The first one and the last one, because mm-hmm. after all the shards go this way, she reverses it. And the last guy was not able to turn his uh Ken shield back in time.
2: That was they really- did,
0: though,
1: I did notice that when like it goes back to when the basilics actually come out, like that guy's fine. That guy he's Oh really? They're all just like swords out, ready to go. Like the the shower of the shards never happened. I noticed that on my on my second watch
0: that's actually really funny
3: so these monsters that come out might be the best looking monsters of the show like maybe maybe even more specifically the third one the one that Geralt kills in like the coolest way ever but i the the one positive i guess about the witchers i'll give them in this episode was at this moment when these two basilisks walks out they like creep out all of the witchers are just confident as fuck they just whip the swords out like ready to go and that's correct like they shouldn't be scared even though these things are fucking insane but that little detail was good because they weren't like you know you didn't have any people like freaking out
2: and these were new basil basilisks yeah. too that they a species of basilisk that they hadn't recognized before mm-hmm. so
0: again yeah they i think they sucked because really they're trained to fight certain beasts in certain ways and they've never seen this species so They don't know how to go about fighting it that's was my headcanon to why they all got slaughtered, not because they were weak. Okay. Geralt is just the best, obviously. But I did like how um on the third rewatch, you know, because I already said like what the fuck's going on in the first one. I, I couldn't emotionally set aside that Siri is just creating a portal to another world in the middle of Caramorn and, and unleashing Basilisk. I was freaking out. But I did like how the fragments ended up, you know, circling, creating the portal. I thought mm-hmm. it was a cool use of.
2: Like, like Luke budget? said,
0: yes, great CGI budget. But if they're leaning into it, I, I at least like what they're doing with it. Real quickly, Geralt tells Vesemir and another witcher to cast Erden which is another sign. And this is kind of just like a trap. Use it in the games to slow your enemies. Wheel of time. Um, just view, like, like shielded.
2: Time. Yeah, I was just thinking of how they just trapped. Uh, Logain. Logain, yeah.
0: Um, we get like conversation between... Geralt and siri in this bubble saying like tell me what you want she's the future and you're in my way so they just end up fighting inside this bubble <laughs> it was funny i don't know i was like what is the goal here are you gonna kill yet they're like Geralt, like I
3: don't know. Yeah, because that's the part when Geralt, you know we're flashing back and forth between siri's mind and what's actually happening in the tree room and like Geralt's starting to get through to her subconscious because he's screaming siri's name and in the the Cintra throne room you're hearing Geralt's voice but yeah dude when Geralt just no look blocks Vesemir because Vesemir's like given up on the idea that they're going to survive this without just murdering Ciri yeah that moment was just it was this almost as cool as when Vesemir or when Geralt no looks uh Yennefer in that last episode like he's just so aware and yeah I just love that. like he's I think he's the best
1: Siri even well monster Siri kind of even taunts him of like you're not going to get here. Like, and then <laughs> yeah. Geralt just stops him, of course. So I thought that yeah. was a nice little yeah. line too.
0: You think you're going to get through Geralt to get to <laughs> me? You <laughs> idiot. And that happens because Vesemir and the other witcher end up dropping their urine signs because all the other witches were dying. They ran to help fight the other two basilisk mm-hmm. Yet the still two basilisk were still alive, kicking and killing people. No damage.
3: Do they not get one of them, at least, with the fodder? They,
0: they get both of them okay. at the very end, um, right before they all hold hands and come together. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, they're still running wild and like getting their faces chomped off. I, I kind of liked that CGI. That was like yeah. really gruesome, but really cool. Um, Geralt's yelling at Seer this whole time to stay strong. Like Luke said, getting the flashes. So this is where the big boy comes in. I mean, we kind of already talked about him. Geralt is just the best. I mean, there's how many witchers and two smaller basilisks. Geralt one V one's this big guy, 40, 45 seconds, 50 seconds, already dead.
3: And tell me again, cause I know you guys watched it a little bit more recently than me. What, how did he gets the final kill on the bridge out there is just, isn't it just like, so, the coolest thing ever?
0: Yeah, it's pretty sweet. He gets knocked on his back on the bridge and the basilisk is drooling over him and it's like corrosive drool like there's acid on his armor which actually stays there at the end scene another detail that i really liked but uh he throws up the igni sign so the basilisk throws his head back and then when the fire stops he comes back but garrel already has the sword that sore there so like the basilisk impales himself and then he just stands up and then has it's like a shish kebab mm-hmm. he has both parts of his head on the sword and then just pulls forward and makes it into fours of his mm-hmm. of his My bottom God, and dude, upper
3: nobody knows how to use gravity like garrett bro he in the, <laughs> the in best. the re when he kills yeah. them, uh the brothers you that's yeah. it's just so fucking cool man and He's you gotta awesome. know that henry was like hype to do that yeah. motion and like film that part
0: And then he just body checks it off the bridge real quick.
1: Yeah,
3: that was cool. He's like, fuck you. And it just like falls. It looked great
0: too, the way it fell and everything and
1: landed. Mm
3: -hmm. They just
1: have been killing it. I feel like with the way the monsters look and things like that. The last thing I'll say, if you're going to make a lot of these changes and, you know, you understanding that you're probably going to alienate some fans, but at least it looks good
3: mm -hmm.
1: when they're doing a lot of these things. So that makes it a little harder to get super upset at it.
2: I think these are some of the best CGI battles, like in any movie or show ever. Like they're just so well choreographed, and the CGI is just phenomenal. It just looks like it's like real. It's just incredible what they're doing here.
0: It's it's nuts, and it draws in a lot of fans. I mean, it drew me in season one. So
2: the the Brothers brother doing a good job. The Michelet brother fight is still my favorite, or however you pronounce that, this season I think, and probably of the series. Mm. But this is up there.
3: I still think the chore- choreography of the end of episode one in season one uh, is the see, best. See, I was moment. getting the
2: same vibes from the Michlip brother fight. Like it felt like the same kind of fight almost. So those two are my favorite, without a doubt. But I would give the edge maybe because yeah, uh, maybe John- recently Johnny seasons. Dogs, yeah, Peaky Johnny blinders
3: Dogs. in that scene because I don't think he is
2: yeah. the goat. <laughs> That would be uh that would be
0: fun to go back and rate all of Geralt's fights from the yes. first two seasons.
3: This one's definitely top three. I think it is probably. I like the Striga one. Striga one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you guys made a good point though. It's almost like cooler watching Geralt fight humans than it is monsters because mm-hmm. the choreography between the the human the human combat is is mm-hmm. pretty nuts.
2: And it's like Shout crazy out how out f- Henry Cavill. He also can just wield that sword just so fast. I know it's not. What, what was we it already really? talked about that. He's like actually that. like a half sword in real life, but, but it's just. <clears> I love how fast he can wield it. Still, at the end of the day,
0: when it's not fighting scenes, he actually does do it because he. I watched one of his workout videos where he was like, "Yeah, I got a big, uh, big scene coming up in, in the next few days where I have to wield this, you know, seventeen-pound sword around." So I'm doing arms. Mm-hmm. I was like, "You're, you're a beast arms doing beating. arms." Yeah, that's what he was doing. That's,
2: that's what he's definitely doing. So (laughs)
0: Geralt walks into the throne room. Uh, Everything is hitting the fan. Yen is walking in saying, I made a potion to extract the deathless mother. He still is just paying her no attention. Um, (laughs) This is when Vesemir walks up, stabs Siri in the side, which I was like, come on, Vesemir, you suck ass, but whatever. Geralt's like, dude, if you kill her, you kill Siri." And Vesemir gets this weird look where he's like, Oh, I didn't know that. I'm like, <laughs> come on, you fucking idiot. Um, the Deathless Mother goes into a little monologue about how the witchers feel everything, especially hate. You know, maybe they don't show it or they don't feel it as much, but they do, especially hatred. Um, this is when Lambert and Cohen take out the other two basilisks. Yeah, finally. Um, and... We also see Geralt look down at the Jasper. He's like, Jasper gives the courage to rectify wrongs. That gives him the epiphany that hate is what she is using to grow stronger. So let's not give her what she wants. Mm -hmm. This is where they all come together shoulder to shoulder and go, Siri, if you can hear me, come home. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Vesemir is probably, he's losing his touch a little bit, don't you think? Definitely. I think that's the angle they're taking. he's, uh, He's getting a little old.
0: Sliding into dementia. <laughs> Damn,
1: that's what it seems like. Yeah.
0: He's, he's like, let me stab this little girl. I understand. I don't know. He's like, oh, did I say that?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: nah, yeah. I don't
3: fuck
1: with that anymore. That's out the window.
0: Oh my god. Uh so as they're all yelling to her, this is where Siri in her dream, in her trance, is talking to her mother, but she's hearing her mother and father, but she's hearing Geralt's and all the other witcher's voice, you know, come back to us, can you hear us, girl? Cohen was the one saying that. Vesemir is, I believe in you. I'm sorry for what I did. <laughs> <laughs> that was just like, bro, you just, not now. Okay, maybe you should just sit this one out while everybody else cheers her on. <laughs> the
1: power of friendship.
0: Yeah. So eventually, Ciri gets pulled back to the real world, but before she does, she sees um, everybody in her dream turn to ash. She Dude, sees it was, it
3: was the snap from Avengers, straight up. Yeah,
0: it was Kalanti, mausak and Pavetta was all turning to ash. If you were paying attention, yep, I was. Dooney does not ash up at all. He's not ashy. He's using his lotion.
3: And you think um, it's
2: just because he's alive. Like, I, didn't it, ca- I didn't catch I didn't catch that. That's cool. I yes. think
0: everybody that turned to Ash in her dream were people that are dead. Mm-hmm. And Dooney, because he was not dead, was obviously not turning. So I was curious if they were going to actually the first the first watch through just leave it at that. But the you know, the end scene, the big scene, I was like, oh shit. Yeah,
2: this was just the intro to everything that was getting wrapped up in this last like 15 minutes. Yeah.
0: So to wrap up the end of this Deathless Mother storyline, they realize, Yen specifically realizes that she needs to right the wrong. I don't know exactly what that means, but she just throws the potion on the bottle, uses the glass, and slices her wrist, and blood was just gushing. Oh, that was nuts. Her blood pressure is insane. She must be stressed all the time. Um, Eventually she says I can be the vessel for her. That is her goal. She starts chanting an elder. Eventually you see the, the ashes of the deathless mother form when she's not in a vessel kind of transfer some from Siri to Yen. um, And Yen is just kind of sitting there in a daze. She's not really doing anything. Siri comes to and Geralt is like, Hey, I know you've been through a lot, but I need you to open a portal. Um, this we're trying to get this bitch back to where she came from
3: and pause real quick because i i thought it was like i don't know if it was done purposely but the whole yennefer thing that in this scene it seemed like there was two good callbacks to her backstory and her in season one like the vessel obviously referring to what she was trying to do with the genie back in, when she met Geralt, and then also okay. the first thing i thought when she slid her wrist was damn, that's like what she did in when she first got to Aratuza and she wanted to keep those scars as a like a reminder. And then she was still willing to do it again, except this time for Siri rather than self-pity. So I thought all of that was a like nice call to Yennefer as a character and what she went through in season one.
0: I agree. I thought it was a really cool moment to see. We know how selfish she is. We know what her image means and her power to, to everybody else. Like mm-hmm. we said, she freed Kahir and ran away rather than admit she didn't have powers. So to, to watch her make a sacrifice, it was it was like, hey, like again, yeah, you actually care about Siri.
2: Especially after her, yeah, like Luke was just saying, being all about herself for the like this whole season, basically, she was only for herself. So it was a nice uh moment for her to just finally realize that Siri is important to not only her, but also to her lover, Geralt, you know. Luke, that's
0: actually really good comparison with the genie and everything for the season one. I never thought of that. That mm-hmm. honestly makes sense. It could be the same chant. I am I haven't paid attention.
3: That would be insane. That would be if, really if they cool. Did that,
0: you haven't been studying your Elvis or your elder? Nah, <laughs> my elder tongue is pretty shoddy, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, but I loved uh, this line where Geralt is saying, "You know, we need to trap Voleth once and for all. If you can pull monsters through monoliths, maybe you can send one back. She's like, oh, Yennefer's lessons. I don't know if I had enough time. I was like, didn't you only get two lessons? Like, one was the orboculum and two was the bridge. I mean, Um, she
1: didn't she just, like, completely change the topography of the largest river on the continent in the second lesson, though? Seems like uh, (laughs) she's got the juice at the very least. Yeah, she (laughs) She can.
0: Well, she teleported in that second lesson from one side of the uh, river to the other, which will come into play in one second. But right here, she pulls up a portal. And this portal looks different from the monolith ones. I don't know exactly if that means anything and i guess siri could single this one out um because of the pull thing that she was talking about you know she feels a pull from some monsters monoliths maybe she could feel the pull that the deathless mother had to her original sphere because that was one of my big ones it's like how did siri know which door to open quote unquote but as the portal opens yen actually her body like lurches forward like the deathless mother was like jumping into it, not Yen's body specifically, but like she was being pulled. I thought that was really interesting. And Geralt ends up grabbing her and Siri ends up getting pulled into the portal as well. Um we see the Deathless Mother go off immediately. And then holy shit, we get the wraiths of morgue, the wild hunt come rattling in. And and Kyle, you got a little glimpse of them before, but what are what are your thoughts on them now now that you got them talking a little bit?
1: Uh, if I'm honest, I literally had no idea what was going on in this
3: scene. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, this, it's tough. This scene is just, I mean, they're in a whole nother fucking universe. And I think this whole wild hunt thing, like we can hold off on opinions about it because it seems like it opens up problems because how was the wild hunt seemingly based in this universe that the deathless mother is from also that was popping up my- in the the main universe and then also it seems like the deathless mother now took is the vessel the new vessel is now one of the wild hunts meaning like if we see them again in the future she's going to be part of it that part's fine i just don't get the double cross of the wild hunt in multiple universes and again there's no source material to go off of except maybe the video game i don't really know much the video game's called i think witcher 3 is called the wild hunt so i don't know if they get into that but yeah, that it seems like there's potential problems. But at face value, it was just I'm just taking it as it was badass. We'll get answers next season.
0: Yeah, and that's a, that's a good way to put it because I don't think you're supposed to know too much about it right now.
2: We um, have no idea. If, like even like as finishing the books, like I still had no idea what the race of Morgan, what the Wild Hunt was in the books. So hopefully, like Luke said, we can get an expl like a, maybe an actual definition of what and where they're from. Because I, I'm also just so confused on what they if they're like, if they're symbolic or if they're like actually yes. a thing, you know, I have no idea.
3: Yeah, they're supposed to be an omen but also still a thing like you see them physically and they're an omen but i don't think they're supposed to be like people that come down and start fucking murdering people like it looks like they're setting up to be actual fighters
2: like i think in the books like isn't it like it's basically like aurora borealis like you see visions of people just running through the sky basically and it's just like signifying like the end of days are coming or something like that so hopefully we get into it that's all i wanted to say about that the dialogue line was cool but yeah,
0: yeah, child, child of, the of the elder, elder blood, blood. <laughs> Starry eyed daughter of chaos. Join our hunt. Your place is among us. You are ours. What's that mean, Kyle?
1: Means that that guy is Gone her dips. grandfather.
2: Nice. It could be. I mean, isn't like I know I think that the race though, like in, historically, they're just like really influential people, right? Kind of. Or like, do we know? No. I thought they were supposed to be like uh, the like the world's greatest warriors, is what they were supposed to be in the books. But maybe I'm. Now you're thinking of real time. Yeah, it's very (laughs) possible.
1: (laughs) I do like the um the epithet. I believe that's how you pronounce that word (laughs) of um starry eyed daughter of chaos. Yeah, I'm a sucker for a nice epithet and things like that. So, are you just gonna just gonna keep using the word to feels? Is it
0: epitaph or epitaph? It just feels right saying it
1: that way, so I'm gonna okay. keep rolling with it. But uh, I mean, especially because fantasy series like this are ripe with them, mm-hmm. so it always feels nice when they're when they're good and they hit hard. Yeah, I,
3: I just think that. this was a great seed plant. We got a glimpse into another universe. It looked wildly different. That's just good aesthetic. And then the wild hunts clearly going to be more important, just like the monoliths are than we thought, and just like the con- conjunction of spheres. So it seems like they're just they're going to stay in this path of mm-hmm. all this new big level lore is going to play way more of an important role. And that's fine. I mean, as long as they do it okay.
0: The wild yeah.
1: hunt sounds like college, am I right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> to end the scene, uh, Siri just grabs Geralt and Yen's hands and teleports him back. Doesn't okay. portal him, teleports him. Uh, we are back at Karen Morn. Ciri is saying to Geralt, you know, was that the race of morgue And he she was like, yeah, but, you know, we're safe for now. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when you come to it basically setting up later season shit like you were saying uh Yen's wrists she's all healed up heals she goes up to cohen and starts healing him so you know her magic is back right away um i, I don't really understand how or why i understand that she made a sacrifice and she right her right her wrong but I don't, know, I don't understand it
3: i just take it as the deathless mother is such a powerful entity write it off as it flowed through her left residual power reawakened it blah blah blah
2: good enough
0: yeah that's a little lame for me i wish i had more of an explanation but i don't think we're gonna get one it's
2: like the magicians uh what's it, Julia? like she had her, her powers gone and then was it no. kind
3: of the spark regrew? Yeah. i don't know yeah
0: yeah uh, anyway Yen's power spec uh, vesmir is <laughs> grabbing everyone's medallions and this is when uh gerald kind of walks up and says you know we're leaving." uh i don't know where we just went but i did see that the wild hunt is after siri so we gotta go i was like dude i'm sorry like i should have trusted you and he was like no 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 no, no. it's not because you just stabbed my daughter siri it's, <laughs> don't worry that's was,
1: fine that's fine
0: <laughs> i was pissed so yeah i don't know i i am very curious to see if we're going to get Vesemir and Karamor in in season three. I assume we will because it's such a big part of the story, but I mean, who
2: knows? I don't, it won't be a whole season again. If anything, it'll just be like a pit stop. I feel like at some point in time. Mm.
0: So the last line he says to him is she's marked for something. Siri, this girl is marked for something. The wild hunt, Nilfgaard, everyone on the continent won't stop coming for her. So I got to leave for your sake. Goes and has a combo with Yen real quick you said yeah you got your magic uh you know she was saying yeah i felt it come back when i sacrificed myself i do it again in a heartbeat so she's basically coming to terms with i'm sorry i sacrificed myself for her i hope you understand that i realize how much she means to you that was so many pronouns yeah jesus christ I think um, that
1: it's nice that we're kind of sandwiching. The beginning of the season was kind of Geralt becoming or coming to terms rather of what it is to be a dad to Siri. Mm. And now the ending is now Yen knows what it's like to be a mother.
3: My yeah. favorite like intricacy of their dialogue back and forth is that Geralt does not forgive Yennefer yet. He says yeah. like the, the pathway is there. Maybe we can get over this together, but right now I don't trust you. And that's how Geralt, should be he's very very defensive and what happened this episode that would have made him forgive yennefer besides like a little bit of sacrifice like i i'm all in on how Geralt reacted it makes sense mm.
0: if he started gonna, kissing her and shit i would have been
3: that would have been a, yeah not good i'm
1: just going to comment on the the concept that her offering up her entire life is a little bit of
0: sacrifice
1: yeah that's <laughs> it. it's basically maybe a watch I'm just, yeah
0: <laughs> i'm just playing you could have done more again yeah.
1: yeah, why are you even still here
0: uh, <laughs> girl is telling her use your knowledge of magic to train the girl you're the only person who has helped her control her powers even if it was just a little bit and she has a weird line where she's like as if i trust anyone else with her I'm like all right you're still you're still getting back in good graces don't push yeah, it
3: right.
1: right that's kind of her though isn't it Yes, you're right. That totally I guess is, yeah. show her. I'm. Not, I can't comment on any other <clears throat> any other mediums of The Witcher. No,
2: that's a, that's a Yen quote. That would that that holds true. Yeah.
1: yeah, I just love that. Just that picture of them, like Yen sitting down next to Siri and Geralt, <clears throat> kind of standing behind them. That's like the fucking squad.
0: Yeah, it is. That's 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 fam. Yeah, uh, right. he brings up the golden dragon from season one. You guys remember the name?
2: Uh, Jack Dawes oh <laughs> the real name is just insane yes. right yeah uh, no. villain
0: tretton mirth okay. <laughs> that was the the name of the the gold dragon
2: oh, you're talking about the old man version
0: ba- basically the same thing <laughs> but villain tretton mirth uh he told us that we were made for each other destined for each other and that nothing would come of it because destiny alone is insufficient something's more is needed she is something more
3: and that's Dang like man. iconic right something more isn't that like a term that's a chapter it's a chapter, it's a chapter name chapter, yeah like i chapter. think it's like an iconic chapter or something
2: it's basically it's like
3: it's like the the name what was the um dear friend like it's like you yeah, know one is, of those just, things yeah. in the community that people recognize oh. as like important for the Witcher. i didn't catch
2: it but glad you
3: pointed it out i wrote it quotes don't worry nice
0: <laughs> uh like i said they go to siri um they have a little chat you know they're saying hey it's us three now we're gonna help each other what is destined cannot be avoided And it shouldn't be, so we're just going to face it head on. Um, Geralt goes a little bit into what Volothmir wanted from you, saying she has been here since Conjunction. She was from another sphere, but has been stuck here this whole time. Um, These monoliths that you shatter that pull another species of monsters through every time you scream, those could be gateways to other spheres. Her scream awoke her, and that's why she wanted you. She wanted to go home. So I guess her first scream from the first monolith from season one awoke the Deathless Mother, and we just never saw that.
3: That's
2: kind of cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, interesting to weave it in there. Mm-hmm.
2: Again, just want to reiterate the love of seeing our our fam together. We, as book readers, we, <laughs> we want we've wanted to see this for a little bit now, and we're glad we got it at the end of season two. This is hey,
1: just our b- show watchers have been looking forward <laughs> to it as well.
2: As well, yes. <laughs> Um, But this is like the strongest family in all of existence. Like, I don't think anyone in Incredibles, Witcher, in, in Witcher history. Oh. <laughs>
0: Incredible.
3: That was the first time
2: I could top this this family. That's funny that that was the first Especially one. Especially
3: if you, like you add Uncle Yasker to the yeah. picture, you know, have
2: you ever heard of uh, the true. monkey
3: family from the One Piece universe? <laughs>
1: That's true as well. That's pretty good. Because uh, you can beat some ass.
0: Gerald ends this by saying, like, hey, I figured all that out, but what I still don't understand is why Nilfgaard knew that you were the key to their future. Like, how did they know before anyone else? How do they know the truth about you? And,
3: let save that, that right? scene. Yeah, yeah, let's put a yeah, pin in that we'll one. That.
0: <laughs> That'll be the last scene that we uh, we cover. Well, we're going to jump to Eretuza real quickly because there was a big to say a scene. Um, she is giving a speech to the Brotherhood. She's saying, you know, she has green eyes and ashen hair. That's iconic, Siri. That is what everybody is looking for when they hear of Siri. Like all these wanted posters and all these orders, they're like, green eyes, ashen hair, go find her. So that was iconic to get that. You know, the line, Cub of Sintra alive and with a Witcher at Sodden. They're all freaking out about it. Like, w- what's going on? They are also learning that Deekstra. Um, came to Eratuza and he's sniffing around for something. So they don't really trust That they, they say, hey, if Redania actually gets Sintra, they're going to be the most powerful one and we're going to be licking their boots. We can't let this happen. We can't let Nilfgaard or Redania get Siri. So what should we do? Let's put a bounty on her. Everybody's going for Siri now. Everybody in the world.
3: This just feels like one of those classic, like one piece in between arc things where we get like, just different viewpoints and updated bounties and shit like that. It's just a nice nice reset to know where everybody, pull, everyone in like the main politics stands with Siri. Because that's what we're doing. We're just jumping from scene to scene. And I want to take the next one. But Kyle keeps shaking his head like he has something to say here. About to yeah. say. Ya.
1: Fuck to say.
0: <laughs> Dude.
1: All my What's homies r- hate to say. Ya.
0: That's what I was thinking. I loved her so much. Man. And then all of a sudden she's like, we got to snag this bitch. What a betrayal of the
2: highest order. Yeah, right. It's literally in South Park when, like, the gang, the four guys are all up to something. And, like, Kyle says something maybe a little slightly ridiculous. And Cartman just, like, grabs Kenny and, Goes to the stand, the and he's just like, guys, we got to kill Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Sweet. We got to kill Siri here. But, yeah, I, again, this is just a great setup here uh, again. Politics, love it, especially in these moments with just all these powerhouse mages and the bro- and kings and everything. It's just really cool seeing how they know each other.
3: And do what kings and queens that we know do we, we know? know? Fultus was there? I know there was another Foltus. book one, but I'm not sure if
0: Foltus was there, uh Queen Maeve, Queen yep. Maeve She Meve. was the younger uh woman who was talking, saying she actually had the line, you know, I'll come out and say it. The girl was far less trouble for us when she was dead. Mm-hmm. So that's when they say, we'll put a bounty on the girl. I think there's a few other ones. I, I actually tried looking it up. I don't. I didn't get any confirmed names, so I don't want to be putting names out there that don't exist.
3: And um, I think Queen Maeve, and I could be wrong, and I'm not going to say it now, but just a nod to anybody that's read the books. I'm pretty sure she, she has one of the funniest, cool moments in the entire book series. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I okay. believe that's her as well. Okay, cool, cool, cool. You we're, know what I'm I, I be,
0: about. we're thinking of the same one. Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, let me get so, the next one if we're good
0: yeah no that's uh that's pretty much it the, the only thing we got is to say it says welcome to the brotherhood to queen Maeve. Cool. um me or Maeve, i still don't know anyway
2: if when you say queen this Maeve, seems i just to think be Maeve. of the boys isn't exactly. that exactly that's yeah. queen Maeve? queen Maeve
0: is yeah. yeah so uh when they said put 3rd? a bounty
2: june 3rd season three <laughs> yeah it's coming out
0: when they said put a bounty i don't know if they meant kill or capture and to be honest i'm it, it might be up in the air.
2: I feel like when, if I'm thinking of it from the perspective of that time period, I would just say capture is dead or alive.
1: Yeah. But I feel like it, it, it seems like even if it is alive, it's with the mindset that they're going to kill it. Yeah.
2: No, you, it's, like, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like kill first. And if you like, I guess if you can capture alive, but like just kill first. Just
3: context of the scene. Maybe said she mm-hmm. was better. Help, she was way more helpful when she's dead. I think that's yeah. just it. Yeah. And also, anybody who
0: pre- easier to hate to say it, so that's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. And anybody who protects her. Yeah, we got that line as well. Yeah. So now people that protect her are our targets.
1: Our bounties going to be a thing now.
2: I wish. I wish anything's was the on the like, table
0: with this Are we damn shower show
1: scale and... the Witcher universe. Like Witcher's
2: one number? million berries. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would hope
1: we get like a, like a a currency amount. I almost said dollar amount. But no, there, I don't think we a, would. But I doubt they. Uh, I doubt they toss around George Washington's on the continent.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few different things. There's like orange. There's enough guardian marks. There's different currencies for different parts of the continent. Yeah. It's actually really confusing in the game because you have to go to a bank and then get your other. Sh- it's a whole thing. like
1: Is there like That's more cool. trustworthy ones than other ones?
0: Uh, I think Orin's is like the, the, the one that is universal or something That's like that. That there's
1: more no. like sound money.
0: Nelf-Guardian marks. You don't want to trust that. Economists yeah, kind yeah. It's
1: similar like Wheel of Time. Though like You get a
3: Tarvalon mark. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> you got to bite Nelf- it to check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to trust those ones.
0: All right, Luke, you got this one?
3: Yeah, so the next scene is directly after jumping from the Brotherhood led by Tissaia. We now are going to catching back up to Rience and the aftermath of what was going on with the last time we saw him where Lydia, the other mage that was there, she like inhaled series blood, and it just... we. I think when we talked on about last podcast, you guys thought or Kyle, you might have said you thought she died or it was oh, implied. Yeah. So this is her showing back up. She's basically they're both of their faces are just completely destroyed. Um, but they're talking to I think they refer to him as their lord. So I just want to leave it up in the air, of course, just to ask you, put it on the board while we're here of who you think they're talking to. And if Vilgefortz. there's no any behind it, who's their
0: employer.
3: Yeah. Vilgefortz. Okay. Any reason why?
1: Well, isn't the power that he has? I feel like I remember his fight with Kahir was him like moving like places very quickly. And they, they mentioned Rien says multiple times, like your guy would be here immediately, your guy would be here immediately. So
2: I'll say though, it's what you're thinking for that scene is he teleports a sword. I don't think it's himself, mm. but he teleports his sword a lot. Still, but he's a mage, isn't he? That's a yeah. Yes. That's just an interesting pick, just because you know you've obviously had your your qualms with him, especially that one scene in season one towards the end where he kind of wakes up and he, he gives that like evilish looking smirk. So, um, yeah, it's just an interesting all, guess. So. But it's it's so hard to tell, obviously, too, because as we just saw in the scene before this, so many people are trying to put a hit out on Syria anyway. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. So I just think we- also like. It's they're not like working for Nilfgaard, but like they're kind of working with with Nilfgaard in the sense that like they kind of get a prisoner out of the n- prison in that that happens in Cintra, right? Is he not locked up in Cintra? Yeah. Yes. Uh, which is the Nilfgaardian stronghold. Vilgefortz has some type of odd relationship with Nilfgaard in a way. So I that would just be my guess. And Obviously, they do they hint I feel at like if it was I'm sorry to to talk yeah. over you though, but I feel like there's a reason why we don't see who it is at this point could just be because they're waiting to reveal the character next season. But I feel like that also gives a little credence to like, it might be someone that we know already.
3: Mm-hmm. And they kind of talk about like what their plans are, or at least what, like how this news about Siri and all this war in the North between yeah. Novgard and Redania, like all this chaos is kind of going to give them a chance to go look for the Girl, why the North Northern War is happening? But one thing I want to point up, point out is Lydia, who is this new character. She can't talk anymore, and so what she does is she communicates telepathically, and that's why you have like the weird sound when when they're going through it. Um, and that's the part that I am just so disappointed in myself about because as a book reader, like the second this reveal happens, like she she has a fucked up face and she starts talking telepathically. I was so mad at myself for not remembering this character because it's just so unique. Like, right. Like she has the fucked up face. Rian has the fucked up face, but she's telepathic. He is just a crazy motherfucker and they're always around each other. I should have, I should have clicked easier, but either way, I'm happy that she's here. And, and I think the backstory of how she got her face fucked up is, is cool.
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how involved she is in the show going forward. She yeah, has yeah. to be involved, but I don't know if she'll be a mainstay or like a very rare uh, appearance.
1: Yeah. Well, but yeah, she I looks mean- God awful. Vilgefortz is a big character, so she'll probably be a bigger
0: character. <laughs> Vilgefortz is literally Team Fuck say, except intercourse with Tissea. <laughs> yeah.
3: so. Team Fuck say
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Wow. Oh, you trying to insinuate we're on the same side here, Paul? No.
0: I don't know, man. No, I don't know. But that's all we get for the Firefucker for right now. Going to the next quick scene, we get all the elves, Francesca and Filavandrel, around the fire, but they're on the run now. They're just not aligning themselves with anybody. They just hate humans. Francesca's saying, like, revenge. When the humans arrived, we welcomed them as peers, and it led us to a mass grave. I don't want revenge. I don't want revenge. I want justice. So, seems like she's on a murder spree. Her scouts bring up somebody that they found spying on them. Ends up being Istrid. He says, I have some information that I think could help. Princess Earl of Sintra, she is why Nilfgaard attacks Sodden. They wanted to train you for more attacks to flush her out. Um, she's getting carried away. And he has a line where it's like, she's Hein Eker or something like that. I don't know. Sorry. Elder tongue.
2: For, oh, Henkeer or something like that.
0: Yeah, she's Elder Blood is, is what Francesca hears. And now she knows that she's a big deal. She's one of yours, but different. I've never seen anything like her power, the one that Ithylene prophesized, saying she's the one that could save us.
2: I actually really am enjoying Istrid's character in the show. Um in the books, he literally, I think, is mentioned one time, twice, and then is just a throwaway character when he does in reality have like kind of a big job, I guess. But like he's an architect or something along those lines in the books. And I just like how in the show here they're really giving him what it doesn't need he, he's like i think he's you're what, thinking he's an archaeologist archaeologist no i mean i i that's why i kind of like paused there because i was like i'm not saying the right word nah, he's, I, was he's like, a I was gonna say whatever jing's mage. dad was whatever jing's or Gon's dad was jing from hunter X hunter hunter Hunter. yeah um but anyway i like what they're doing here like he's he has a purpose like he really he's a human that wants to align with the elves or an, and at least like kind of patch up that history so i really like how they're taking his character in this and especially since like you know. Well, I, I was—I might have just had a spoiler, so I'm just going to. Well, cut no, myself because off. You, you do
3: <laughs> like that's his whole purpose of being here is he's bringing this information to them because once it clicks with Francesca, she says, "Okay, that's like the prophecies, the Lithian's prophecy." Um, and then they just say that basically there's a chance that because Siri has the elder blood, she could save the Elven race, and this is going to hold like completely change up the priorities, I think, of the Elf faction. And that's going to be fun to see because now they have so many fucking enemies with murdering babies out here. So, like, there's going to be a lot of dynamics with Francesca. She's going to be a bigger player than I thought she was going to be.
0: I think Francesca is going to be uh, splitting focus here, whether kill all human babies or, you know, find Siri. I don't know which one she's going to put more uh, force into. Probably killing babies. Uh, It seems like that's where she's at right now. At
1: least in the short term.
0: At the end, we see an owl chilling on a tree, watching Mm. this whole thing, just fly away, flies right to Dijkstra's window in Redania. He's shaving his head, looking like a beast. Shirt's off, Kyle. Shirt is off.
1: As it should always be. Yeah.
0: And as they're kind of having this beginning of the exchange, you see in the background, she transforms from an owl into a woman. Kyle, just curious, were you expecting this? Because they've been talking to this damn owl all season.
1: Um... I guess part of me was I was more interested in like Dijkstra himself, but I like it a lot. I thought it was like, it was definitely like, oh, okay, let's go. I I didn't think that we would get a reveal like this. I don't even want to say this early. I just was something not something that I was expecting to know. Mm-hmm. I would say this soon after the owl got introduced.
3: Philippa is her, her name is Philippa. And they say, I don't know if they say her name, but they have it in the subtitles there. She's I a bet. very interesting character.
0: Yeah but definitely the people were very excited to see that she was actually cast in season two going forward. She was cast super late. So like fans didn't really know what was going on. And then it ends up, she only gets like one kind of scene. So people were like, fuck, we wanted more of her." But Mm -hmm. she is like Luke said, going to be big going forward
2: from a book reader perspective. It's just cool how they were still able to surprise someone like people like us. No, I wasn't surprised. I personally, well, it's funny because Luke wasn't. Luke was. You were surprised. More surprised. She is. She uses the owl in the books.
0: Uh, No, I'm sorry. I'm saying you were
2: surprised. Okay, yeah, that. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's been so long since I've read the books that major plot points are the only thing that really stick in my head, and I just kind of. I knew we were missing a mage. I just didn't piece it together that it was her. So I like how they revealed philippa and lydia as these two characters for the upcoming seasons like they still made it feel like it was a good twist for book readers still
0: mm-hmm. yeah and it's just showing that not all mages are on the same page man uh, mages are all over the place there's all different kinds of them
1: before we move on paul i have a question you sent this outline to us and it says Elv scene with sisters was that an autocorrect for Elv scene with istrid Yes. Because <laughs> I was reading that as sisters and I'm like,
0: dude, did I black out there in this
1: <laughs> Who's no, <but> we, sisters? <laughs>
3: we can't move on yet because there's one more good line here. And Paul, you got that written down, that quote.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Philippa turns into a woman and says, you know, I'm saying that word is out about the girl. Well, word is out about Siri. And Distra turns around and says, Well, you know, I dare say things just got more fun, Philippa. Bring me the bard. It's about time he paid back his benefactor. Let's go. Yaskier, Yaskier, Yaskier. What did you get yourself into? <laughs>
1: is Geralt going to, I guess, yeah. It's just another
0: level of betrayal for Geralt. We'll see. I don't think he could handle it. I think Yen and now Yaskier. Holy shit.
2: Just a phenomenal end to the season.
3: Well, we're not done yet because we got this final scene. Oh, true. Scene. <laughs> this is the fucking scene. Uh, but this is back in Sintra. Which we've been jumping through every every time we're trying to talk about Nilf Guardians here. And I think this is like a is this a flashing? Because we have a voiceover a little bit, right? Or is it just we
0: get the announcer open, like the doors are open, and then there is a person there announcing the arrival of he goes, Attention, Highness Emperor a- Emir Van Emris, the white flame has arrived, or something like that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh my god, I was getting chills. Frangilla is Frangilla and Kahira are walking behind him. We're not getting his face. It's just the back. Kyle, did you recognize his, his hair from the back? Nah, I mean his flow was great though. Uh, yeah, I know. I know you love this flow. It and I know like you lo- love hair. So that's why I was worried that you yeah. knew going forward.
2: Looked like uh Loki from behind to me. I was like, yeah, Oh, I it's Loki. It. I was like, That's Loki.
1: If I was Kahira, <laughs> I'd be getting rid of that Christopher Walken cut once this guy comes. Yeah. <laughs> seriously. Because you're just always playing second fiddle to that flow.
0: Fringilla is telling King Amir, Emperor Amir, that the elves are fighting and they're doing their bidding for them. They are also pursuing the girl, of course. They're still going for Sintra. Emperor Emir says, How did you convince the elves to fight for you? In my experience, elves only think about themselves. Should they go on and they lean into their lie and they say, by killing their hope, you know, it was us who blamed Redania, but we actually killed the elven baby and pointed them in the right direction. And we're kind of getting this line, ah, losing a child is brutal, but you were right. It can move mountains. Uh, They go go on to say, you know, desperate times, desperate measures. And King or Emperor Amir goes, yeah, desperate measures indeed. I should know. Um, That's how I felt when I first arrived and I learned that I could no longer count on you to fulfill my mission. And they're like, what? Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm the one who ordered the death of that elephant baby. I had to. It was the best path to helping me find my daughter. Take Boone them away. Dooney yeah. is alive.
1: Yeah. I I've been yo-yoing with the idea of of saying this, but this was like totally spoiled for me. I knew this was going to happen Damn. going into maybe like the last three episodes. But I, I but I did honestly like the part when it was revealed that he was the one
2: that killed the baby.
1: Yeah. That obviously is supposed to be the secondary reveal, but that for me ended up being the primary reveal.
2: How did you feel when you read or learned that Dooney was the fat like, was Amir? Uh,
1: I was just very interested in how the show was going, like, what mm-hmm. it was going to look like in the show. And I thought it, it, like I said, with the whole, like, I was the one who killed the elf, the elf baby thing, I, I thought it nailed it. And I'm a little upset that it was spoiled for me. Mm-hmm.
3: I but, can't remember if this was, this is like second to last or last book reveal. Last book. Yeah. It's like, it's ew, just I,
0: like, the big fight the big climax just happened and then all of a sudden in walks emir and uh kind of looks up and he's like oh what's up Dooney?"
3: yeah like, like what that Sorry, was should we, it, it should we put a book spoiler there
0: <laughs> It it was pretty nuts um so i understand why they had to do it this way throughout the books all of them even from like book two on we get chapters from the point of view of King. Uh, I keep calling him King, Emperor, Amir. So you can't really do that in the show, with unless you didn't show his face the entire time, which would be like, all right, that's fucking annoying. Um, so I get that they had to get this big reveal out of the way in order to be able to incorporate him in the storyline and the plot for season three and four without, you know, beating around the bush.
3: Yeah, and it was but a good like dra- it. it was a great mic drop moment to end the season. Oh yeah, and the, honestly, though? this
1: was like like the end of like the Geralt and Siri and Yennefer stuff. Like when I was mentioning like the how the season felt a little prologish, this was what was like okay, now this is like a legitimate like this is meat and potatoes
3: story right here. Yeah,
0: yeah, but Cahier and Frangilla, I I'll still see you, man, End of the yeah. dungeon.
3: Now that we're at the end, I'll just say this as part of my whole like series thoughts a little bit. They're definitely the two that I guess like this is going to work out where it's going to slightly hard reboot their characters and potentially put them on the path that I have envisioned in my head. Like this moment of putting them into throwing them into jail and like seeing how they react being in Nilfgaard's like captivity, but. Like they were way different than what I imagined. And and maybe this gets them back on track because I really, really like at least Kahir's book counterpart. Um, but this might get them back on track. And if not, and they do keep going in a wildly different way, it's gonna be very interesting to see like what happens if they get out or like if they I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen.
2: It just sucks knowing that they are so off book canon just because again it's just these mysteries and fears that we have of things potentially getting ruined later on but this season has reinforced for me that I can have faith in Netflix and at the same time um, <clears throat> Henry Cavill to be able to produce something that's good and make sense to the audience mm-hmm. um, and yeah Dooney I think is cast he's how I pictured him as the books is how I pictured him on like is how they they did it perfect to how he looks mm-hmm. on screen yeah
0: Yeah, that line you said about Henry Cavill, he is unbelievably necessary to the success of the show. We've talked Mm -hmm. about it a bunch of times. But, I mean, the more I listen to interviews, um, the more I read, the more I believe that the show wouldn't be nearly as successful without him. Because, for example, the scene, I believe it's in episode three or four, when the Chernabog comes in and actually kills uh, the horse roach you know, Siri and Geralt, they're at that river. They wanted, I forget her name because I just don't really like her choices. Uh, Tris, Yes, Lauren, Lauren Hisrick I believe her name is. Mm. Um, she's like the showrunner. And she said she was supposed to have a, like, comical line there. Like, oh, like something along the lines of, like, Geralt doesn't really care. But Geralt was like, I really don't think that's the way to go. I think yeah, Geralt oh. needs a... I'm sorry, Henry. He was like, I really don't think that's what Geralt would do. I think he really cares about his horse. I think we need to get like a nice scene, and they did give that. So that's just one small example of why Henry Cavill is implementing little things that have a huge impact for the entire show. So he's the best. But that's kind of it. Um, Did you guys have any last thoughts about the season, where we might head it? And hit us with a rating for the episode.
3: Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, fantastic season. I've been saying it constantly. Like I already talked about my growth with the witchers and the fire magic. I don't re- like nothing. He's, nothing really sticks out too much as something I'm hating. Again, maybe a little bit of the changes for Kahir and, and uh, Frangilla, but like choreography was amazing. Henry was just captivating. And I think that the audience re- received it relatively well. Like Netflix is still pedal to the metal. I think they're, they're greenlighting the or the blood origin prequel story, the movie was successful of Vesemir's past. It seems like the Witcherverse is getting bigger and bigger. And we're only going up from here. Uh, I thought that this episode was probably a nine and a half. It was one of my favorites of the whole, of the whole two seasons. It just, the, the season kept trending upward for me and looking back, like the, the first two episodes might've been the weakest for me. And that's saying a lot because I talked pretty highly of them when we podcasted on them initially, it's just, fantastic fantasy we're living in the prime of uh tv this budget's amazing the sound's amazing it's so good and i'm i'm i i brought this up when we talked about it like in the off season of between season one and two the off season uh <laughs> like what what's going to happen with siri like aging up and she's going to keep aging up so she hopefully gets better and better at the action stuff because i'm hoping that she's going to go full Arya stark and just get a lot of combat scenes, you know, and that, that'll that be really good to see how she grows and becomes also at the same time more magical as she trains with Yennefer and shit. So like all that's amazing. The brotherhood and their politics, let's get it. Fuck yeah. Bring on season three. Nine and
0: a half. Wow.
2: I loved it. Yeah. Season uh like overall season was like we said at the beginning, just way I thought it was way better than season one. Just so much more fleshed out. Characters and a lot of interesting plot points. And even if they did divert a little bit, I think they're doing a great job of still making it feel like this is, you know, something that they had, you know, gotten off the books, basically. um I will say the one thing I'm looking forward to in the next seasons is probably Yen and series relationship. Uh, I just think that those two are just incredible, just their personalities clashing. And I'm excited to see how they develop in the next season. I would give the finale. And eight and a half to a nine leaning more towards a nine. Just the all these reveals that we got in this episode were just incredible. Uh, top ten, like, you know, we got top CGI moments here with the fights and everything. So can, can't can really go bad with a nine out of ten. Speaking as the season as a
1: whole, I feel like I've been saying it throughout this and also the real time stuff is that it was such a nice jump in quality from season one. Just so nice to have a linear storyline. And Henry Cavill is just amazing. The, the performances are really good. They introduced a lot of really cool new characters while also keeping all of the older established characters in their prominent roles, which I really did enjoy. And yeah, there's just like a lot of, I guess, interesting storylines that are happening right now. I would say that what I'm most looking forward to in season three is just Geralt, Yen, and, and Ciri being the guys and gals i guess guy and gals but this episode specifically i think i'll give it like an eight and a half i honestly think i feel like the first like two-thirds of it, like nothing really happens i get that and then it's kind of an avalanche at the end which isn't a terribly bad thing but just overall as an episode i think it's just so backloaded um so i'll give it an eight and a half
0: yeah i uh I think I'm going to give this originally, I probably would have given it like a four. I I wanted a three. I was going to say three. I was being nice (laughs) here. Um, I think I wanted to give it going into this podcast, like a a five and a half, six, talking to you guys, you make me kind of like appreciate it more. So I'll give it a six and a half. Um, I think like Kyle said, it was just, it seemed like a lot didn't happen. I understand there was huge moments, but there is, I feel like there was great moments sprinkled into a, a kind of whatever episode for me. Because I mean, Siri was basically not in it at all. I mean, she was kind of in a dream world. I didn't really understand the resolution of how Yen got her powers back, and Mir like just wanted to go home. Like, if she just wanted to go home, why didn't she just teleport? Open a teleporter, a portal. I'm sorry when she had control of Siri to go home, there was like weird finale wrap up shit that I, I just wasn't so fond of, but that being said, insane moments, Geralt fighting that bass list, the coolest fucking thing ever. Uh, good. the comedic lines, uh, Yen got her power back. I'd say six and a half. Nice. Uh, yeah, I liked it really, really looking forward to season three. Um, I can't imagine where they're going to take it, but, uh, I think going forward, I'm going to be more open to the first watch through. But I think that's going to do it for us, guys. Season two of The Witcher in the books. If you like what you heard, our podcast also covers Wheel of Time, Dexter, Midnight Mass, Rick and Morty, all different kinds of shows, but really good shows. Um, (laughs) Last time I'm going to say this, if you want to toss a coin to your town, we have a Patreon up where you can become a town homie. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and hit subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts or the easiest way to do all of that is to go to our website at bingetowntv.com will take you everywhere. We are so excited to cover the Witcher, Co- to have covered, I guess now. We are officially done. Um, I know there's a lot of Witcher content out there. So thank you for sticking with us, listening to it. We hope you had fun. And from everyone at Town TV, thank you so much for listening. Love you guys. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.